This is Woody Huffines, and this is The Owner's Voyage, a journey to business ownership. This is episode number three, and why is the why so important? Today, we're going to revisit the why of why. We talked a little bit last time about why, and why is why so important, and the why is so important to give you the movement, the, the tenacity, the drive to do things when you're starting a business that might be tough to do or that you might not like to do, but you've got a bigger why. Now, in my backstory, in episode one, I talked about ikigai, and it's a Japanese concept, and I gave you the westernized version of the Japanese concept. The westernized version says that there's four pillars to your life. There's what you love, there's what you're good at, there's what you can make a living doing or get paid for, and then there's what the world needs. And that concept is a very westernized version of a very deep and very complex concept. And as is often the case with Japanese concepts, you really need to have a lot of the Japanese culture inculcated into your understanding before it really brings the full flavor of Ikigai as a Japanese citizen would look at Ikigai. For example, they would say that you don't have to be good at something, that it's more a craftsmanship step that, for example, if playing the guitar gives you joy, but you're not particularly skilled at it, you could still find Ikigai by having that hobby or that craft that you enjoy. And they would probably say that what the world needs has more to do with the relationships that you're in or the roles that you play. And for what you love, they would probably substitute what you value And at the end of the day, in a Japanese infrastructure or in a concept of ikigai in a Japanese sense, making a living isn't really one of the things that they would include in ikigai. The westernized version of the four pillars really started when uh, uh, one of the people that did a TED Talk just basically took a self-actualization Venn diagram and Venn diagrammed it out. And there are a lot of folks that don't have a lot of use for that Venn diagram stuff. And I'll, I'll put a couple of links in the show notes for a, a really good podcast on Ikigai, which is the Ikigai Life. I'll put a couple of links in the show notes. One for Ken Mogi's book, uh, Awakening Your Ikigai. He's a neuroscientist and Japanese and has written a number of books and has a more nuanced version of what Ikigai is from a Japanese concept, as well as a podcast and um, website called the Ikigai Tribe. A guy that lives in Melbourne, Australia, is really into the Ikigai thing and tries to map the Ikigai from the Japanese concept a little bit more to business. Uh, I'll, I'll put those resources in the show notes, but we're going to talk a little bit about Ken Mogi's book, The Awakening Your Ikigai, and how his points of Ikigai, or the, the things that he sees as central to Ikigai, kind of map into that westernized four-pillar version. Because Awakening Your Ikigai in Mogi's book, he says that there are five steps to Ikigai. And those five steps or those five components are starting small, which is focusing on the details, and releasing yourself, which is accepting who you are, harmony and sustainability, which is community or relying on others and having a sustainable uh, 
uh, presence in your life. Next, he talks about the joy of little things or uh, appreciating sensory pleasures. And finally, living in or being in the here and now, which is finding your flow. Now, we'll start with the last one first, uh, another book I'll link to. It's called Flow, and it's, the, it's a book by Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, and he talks about flow, and being in flow is the optimal psychological experience for uh, Csikszentmihalyi. The idea being that when you are in flow, you are absolutely operating at the optimal level of your skills, abilities, knowledge, where time goes away. We often hear about golfers or tennis players being in flow. You'll hear a golfer, golfer say, yeah, I got out of my own way, or I really wasn't thinking about it. It is being is a combination of being absolutely in the experience and in the here and now, and having nothing else to get in your way. Everybody finds flow in different ways. My wife finds flow in gardening. She'll be out in the yard digging things and having her hands in the soil and and completely loses track of time because she's absolutely in flow in the garden. I almost hate to admit it, but I am in flow when I'm doing data. If I've got a bunch of data to manipulate and data to look at and move things around and do an, do analysis, it's that accounting thing in me that gives me flow. So what are the things in your life that you get involved in that give you flow? And we'll circle back to that, but that's what flow is, and that's what flow means. And having flow and having that optimal psychological experience where you're completely immersed in what you're doing and you're operating at the very outside edge of your capabilities is part of what Mogi determines as part of Ikigai. The second piece that he talks about is the joy of little things. And it's appreciating a sensory pleasure. And that's the way he puts it. He talks in his book about the sensory pleasure of sushi and the perfection of Japanese fruits. And those ephemeral, ephemeral, that was difficult, the ephemeral pleasures of life. For example, if you have the perfect muskmelon, which is one of the examples that he gives, and I had no idea this was true until I read the book, they have muskmelons in Japan that sell for like $200. Yikes. But if you eat a muskmelon, you can't take, he makes the point, you can't take a muskmelon selfie. It's not something that, exists past your enjoyment of it at the time and it's finding those sensory pleasures in life that you can give you that can give you a reason for being or a reason for happiness next is harmony and sustainability and that's about the community that you're in and relying on others and being a part of things with other people so it's not just what the world needs as i mentioned before it's not being an albert schweitzer It's finding those communities or those roles in which you can play that you enjoy. And it might be being a father. It might be being a husband. It might be being a mentor to another business owner. It might be being a good neighbor. But the harmony and sustainability that you approach in Ikigai has to do with those roles that you approach. Releasing yourself is probably the most difficult because that is 
coming to an acceptance of who you are. That is releasing your ego and not posing about who you are, but accepting who you are, what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, what your character is, what you're good at, what you're not good at. And having that acceptance and working through life with that acceptance is, in Mogi's estimation, part of Ikigai and very much a Japanese concept. And finally, going backwards, starting small. And starting small is focusing on the details. If you look at, if you look at the Japanese concept of Kaizen, which is continuous improvement or small improvement, it is focusing on the smallest details and getting the smallest details right in everything you do. Look up on Wikipedia, the Japanese tea ceremony, for example. There's a long history in the Japanese culture of focusing on the smallest details to get everything at the smallest detail level absolutely right. And that's part of Ikigai. So how do we map those things, the traditional concept, the Japanese concept of Ikigai, into that westernized version of the Venn diagram? And remember... If you visualize a Venn diagram, and I'll put a link to one of the Venn diagrams um, in the show notes. If you remember, there's like, it's a four-circle Venn diagram between what you're good at and what you get paid for and what you love and what the world needs. And when all four of those things are present in your life, you have Ikigai. And that's, again, the westernized version. Now, they break it down a little bit further. In, uh, in some of the Venn diagrams that says that if, if you're doing something that you're good at and you're doing something that you love, but you're not getting paid to do it and it's not what the world needs, then what you have is a passion. Or if you're doing what you love and the world needs it, it might be a mission. You may not be good at it and you can't get paid for it, but it's a mission because you're doing what the world needs and you love it. If you're doing what the world needs and you can make a living for it, it's a vocation. If you're doing what you're good at and you can get paid for it, it's a profession. And I know this is confusing without the, without the Venn diagram, but I'll put that Venn diagram up. But my concept of marrying the Japanese concepts of Ikigai with this westernized version of Ikigai and using those things to find... First of all, your why, because if you can map out something that you're going to do that meets those four pillars, you've got a pretty strong why. But I think that you can also take those purely Japanese concepts of Ikigai and apply those five things, starting small, releasing yourself, harmony and sustainability, the joy of little things, and being in the here and now or being in the moment, to each of the pillars of the westernized version of Ikigai. For example, if you have something that you love, let's say that it is playing the guitar, or in my case, it's technology. If I look at technology, and I love doing technology, and I like playing with data, for example, starting small and focusing on the details as I do that is a big part of why I love that. Releasing myself, giving myself permission to love dinking with data and understanding that that's what I'm doing. 
harmony and sustainability, having a role where I use that data with others, the joy of the little things, a sensory, sensory pleasure is kind of missing in the data, but it's the joy in having that little thing that you're playing with and then being in the here and now or being in flow. So conceptually, if you take that westernized concept of Ikigai, and for each of those four pillars, go back and think about the more traditional Japanese pieces of that, starting small, releasing yourself, harmony and sustainability, the joy of little things, and being in the here and now, or being in flow, and map those as well, you can kind of synthesize both the purely Japanese concept and the Western concept of Ikigai. Now let's go back just a minute to why I think this is important or why I think why is important. As I've said before, starting a business, whether it's an internet online business, whether it's an affiliate marketing business, whether it's a multi-level marketing business, whether it's a retail business, where it's an e-commerce business, it's a consulting business, a coaching business, just about any business that you want to start, there's going to be things about that journey that are difficult. And the time that you spend going in to make a strong case and they have a good understanding of your why will give you the motion and the movement and the belief to continue on that journey and continue on the owner's voyage. And I spent more time talking about that today because in my case, as we've been starting this business, there have been a bunch of little things that happen that are difficult. And having a bigger why and working through that, looking at your backstory, looking at a concept of Ikigai as a, as a framework for finding that why is a good tool. And I think you should find a tool, if not Ikigai, some other tool, to dig down deep while you're looking at the business part of it to give yourself the why that you need so that you can sustain the effort that it's necessary to make that business successful. And that's a big part of the owner's voyage. That's a big part of the target that you need to put up on the wall that you're operating to. And there are a bunch of other things that we'll talk about that you need to do as you go forward. But I wanted to one more time stress that the why, why you're going to do what you're going to do will give you the courage and the strength and the perseverance to stick through it when the owner's voyage gets tall, when the mountain you got to climb gets steep, when the seas get rough, when you have those little things that perturb what you think you want to do and get in your way. When those walls get up and those walls get built around you, you have to have some why that'll get you up the wall, get you over the obstacle. So last time I'll talk about it, for maybe a couple of episodes, spend some time looking at your why and make that why real to you. And the biggest piece of the Japanese concept that I think that you need some, to spend some time looking at of, 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 the, of the five that are there is releasing yourself and getting rid of your ego and get out of your own way and really decide why you're doing something and deep down what that why is, is going to mean releasing your ego and getting rid of the things that you think you need to accomplish for some reason other 
than the why that's at the center of your soul. This is Woody Huffines. This is the owner's voyage. And it is about the journey to business ownership. 